0: Welcome to the Liberty Leadership and Lies podcast. I'm your host, Larry Linton. And on this podcast, we'll be talking about, yep, you guessed it, liberty, leadership, and lies. More importantly, how the liberty, leadership, and lies apply to our government at the federal and state levels. So stand by as we kick off this episode. Episode 6 Leadership What is going on with our culture? Welcome back to another episode of Liberty, Leadership, and Lies with Larry Linton, coming to you from the Goat Locker Studio in Sevierville, Tennessee. Now, that might be a little confusing to some in this audience, especially those unfamiliar with Navy terminology. Goat Locker is the term applied to the location on naval vessels where the senior enlisted have their dining and berthing accommodations. There, the chief petty officers, senior chiefs, and master chiefs eat, sleep, hold meetings, and conduct training. After moving into the house here, I decided to call the downstairs living room my goat locker. The walls are adorned with 30 years worth of memorabilia from my career. Awards, photos, plaques, certificates, and military books take up nearly every bit of wall and shelf space here. It's my fortress of solitude, if you may. So I've called it the goat locker for a few years now. Then, I started this podcast, and I do all my research, my recording, the editing on a makeshift desk, which is actually the top of two short bookshelves, and I've been calling it The Studio. I'll tell Denise, hey, I'm headed down to The Studio to do some recording, and she asked me, well, what is it going to be? Is it The Studio, or is it The Goat Locker? I said, well, why not both? Hence, it's The Goat Locker Studio. If any of my fellow East Tennessee goats would like to come over for a visit, swap some sea stories... Just go ahead and shoot me an email, and we'll make it happen. On that note, I'd also like to ask the audience to visit my website, libertyleadershipandlies.com. Sign up there to follow the blog, and you'll receive notifications when I post new updates to the blog. I routinely update the blog with information that I don't always put into these podcasts. You can also contact me through the website, or by sending an email to larry at com. Before we get into today's topic... I will update you with some personal news of the goings-on that's been happening over the last week and a half or so. My older brother and I returned home from that trip we took to the People's Republic of New York. We went there to see a relative that had just been diagnosed with stage 4 cancer. At some point in the future, I'll share some information about that relationship. But for now, I just ask that you keep my relative and those people around him in your prayers for the courage and strength they will need in the coming weeks and months. Aside from the visit with a relative, I did get a chance to catch up with some lifelong friends during my time up there. Friends going all the way back to 1982 when I moved to New York. It is true that you can spend years apart from your great friends, and then when you see each other again, it's like no time has passed at all. Except maybe for some of the gray hairs that we have now. I'll give them a shout out here for their continued friendship. Dave, Tracy, and Kristen, it was a real pleasure seeing you all again. My home here at the Gateway to the Smoky Mountains is always open for you all. I'm sure you would enjoy getting out of that state and enjoying some freedom here in Tennessee. Also, while I was up there, I could not resist the opportunity to pick up some Giannelli sausage from a Wegmans grocery store. Well, the term grocery store does not do Wegmans any justice, though. If you've ever been in a Wegmans, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you haven't been in one, or not even heard of one, you are missing one of the great shopping pleasures of your life. Each store is probably one and a half times the size of a Lowe's or a Home Depot and every kind of food imaginable can be purchased there. Heck, most of them have food courts that are bigger and better than any mall boasts of having. Then Bill and I also had to stop at Harrison's Bakery before we left town. They have some of the best pastries on the planet and you cannot leave Syracuse without purchasing some, especially since Mom wanted us to bring her a whole bunch of them too. So the trip to New York was not all doom and gloom. However, it led me to thinking about our culture here in the Great Republic today. I alluded to this on the last weekend update. In order to affect lasting change in any organization, you have to change the culture. There are many changes happening to our uniquely American culture that are detrimental to the survival of our constitutional republic. Voter apathy is a culture change. The disengagement of the electric from the political class, the new aristocracy, that is what they want. The thinking that most people have that goes along the lines of what I do does not make a difference anyway, plays into the grand scheme. Your individual actions or your inaction serve as inspiration to those around you. Apathy, much like enthusiasm, is contagious. Do you think the new aristocracy and their enablers in the media relish the voter apathy that is so prevalent in our country today? Absolutely they do. That is why anything that we do that chips away at voter apathy is so vigorously attacked. Legislation in a few states that has been proposed or passed to ensure election integrity and to restore confidence in the process is vehemently attacked. Just watch or read the news. Politicians, their media enablers, And supporters from the woke culture will denounce any proposed legislation that guarantees free and fair elections in our great republic as a form of racism or white supremacy or whatever name they want to call it that day. The one that's in the news here lately is the Georgia Election Integrity Bill. But I'd like to encourage you all to read that new bill and compare it to the way things were done and find any aspect of it that is racist. Read it for yourselves. Don't listen to people on the TV. Don't listen to people on the radio or the internet. Go read it for yourselves. It does the exact opposite of what the enablers in the media and their new aristocracy in D.C. and everywhere and their woke culture celebrities and lemmings in corporate America are telling you it does. They count on the fact that you will not read it for yourselves, that you will not do your own research. They have grown extremely comfortable and and confident in their ability to sell the electorate their message, which has no relation to facts and logic. They will call anybody that supports voter integrity measures a racist. That term has been so widely used over the last two decades that it's lost all meaning. Everything is racist. But if everything is racist, that means nothing is racist. It has reached the status of five-year-old children calling each other names on the playground like Poopyhead or something like that has no meaning, no bearing, although it still caused certain people to do or say anything that will prevent them from being called a racist. I no longer fear being called any name, especially by those people that throw those names around only to shut down a different point of view. They don't engage in the arena of logic and facts. They will scream and call other people names just to create fear, because fear, much like courage, is contagious if it is racist to support the efforts that every person that votes in a national election in the United States of America is a citizen, then by all means, call me a racist. How is requiring proof of identity to vote in an election that has consequences on my liberty racist? How is requiring that only legal citizens vote in our national elections racist? Proof of identity is required for every other transaction in the public square except elections. You must ask yourselves why that is the case. Why do you need identification to open a bank account, get utility services for your resident, purchase insurance, rent or purchase a vehicle, cash a check, board a plane, buy tobacco, buy firearms, buy alcohol? All of those lists go on and on and on. Is that racist? Think about this. How hypocritical is it that the political party and their media enablers that push legislation that requires enhanced background checks, which, by the way, requires a proof of identification, to purchase a firearm, yet they vehemently oppose any attempt to require identification to vote? Why? Why do they want the uncertainty in the electoral process only, and not other aspects of everyday life in our republic? They insist that background checks for purchase of firearms will make everyone safer. Background checks are proof of identity is racist only in the voting process. Why? Well, the answer is simple. It ties into what is happening along our southern border right now, as well as what has been proven to have happened in some southern states in the November 2020 election. And not just the 2020 election. Elections going as far back as we have had illegal immigration problems in this country. People that are in our country illegally have voted and will continue to vote in our elections unless voter identification is made the law in every state in our republic. Why is it racist to insist that only legal citizens vote in our elections that impact our liberty? We know that politicians, especially those in liberal or socialist states, count on illegal votes to steal our liberty. So they cultivate a culture of fear on both sides of the issue. For the people that want to ensure election integrity, they create fear in them, so they avoid being called a racist or a white supremacist. They'll bow down to the rage mob. Because it's only racists or white supremacists that want to deny the right to vote to people of color, right? Examine that statement for a moment. The new aristocracy is peddling the belief that people of color are incapable of obtaining identification. That should show you who the true bigots are, don't you think? The political class in this country have created fear in large corporations or major sports organizations that they must go along with the narrative of equating election integrity to voter suppression, or they too will be called racist. The other side of the culture of fear coin in this situation is that an apathetic electorate believes the bull fertilizer being peddled that election integrity legislation is meant to deny them their vote never mind that every single action they take outside of voting requires identification from sending money electronically or with a check from a bank account they needed identification to open to purchasing a vehicle to drive to the rally to protest the measures taken it's hypocritical on its face, and fear allows the political class to maintain their control. Control of the message, control of the narrative, control. The leadership in our republic, especially those on the left side of the political spectrum, created and they maintain this culture of fear. Fear that only government and the new aristocracy can save us. Save us from pandemics, save us from white supremacy, save us from domestic terrorism, save us from poverty, and save us from our own decisions. This culture of fear permeates every aspect of our society now. It paralyzes us to believe that we cannot take any action on our own to help ourselves. It paralyzes us into believing that only government can help us in every situation. The politicians on the left and their media enablers always like to point out other countries and how they provide for their citizens, especially with regards to socialized medicine and health care. Well, we'll discuss how those European countries are able to do that in a future episode. But here's a little teaser. The tax-paying American citizens have created the environment where that is allowed to happen. But they like to hold up the European Union as some kind of model for us to follow, right? But here's a good question. Why don't they want to run elections like all those other countries in Europe do? Well, here's some of the reasons why they don't hold that up for an example. 67% of the 27 countries in the EU ban mail-in absentee voting unless their citizens are living outside of their home country. 26% of them require a photo ID to obtain a mail-in absentee ballot. 22% of those countries ban absentee ballots outright. Of the 16 other countries in Europe that do not belong to the EU, their voting is even more restrictive. All of the 16 countries outside of the EU ban absentee voting for those living in the country, and they require a valid photo ID to obtain a ballot. For Europe as a whole, that is idolized by the left and the media enablers, here's a little fact. Three-quarters of those countries in Europe ban absentee ballots. How about that for an inconvenient truth? Proving you are a citizen to vote in an election is not racist or some form of white supremacy. The only reason it is decried is because it is dangerous to the new aristocracy's hold on power. When they point at you and scream racist because you want to ensure that only legal citizens that are alive vote in elections that impact your sweat equity, your liberty, just remember, while they're pointing at you, they have three fingers pointing at themselves. It is absolutely racist to imply that people of color in this country are either too poor to obtain free or low-cost identification cards, or they're not smart enough to obtain them on their own. It is stated so much by those on the left that it is believed to be the truth by the very same people that fall into that group. Politician so-and-so, or celebrity so-and-so, or CEO so-and-so said it, so it must be true. They will hear the statements on their televisions or radio, or read them on their smartphones or their tablets, never truly grasping the irony that an ID card costs a fraction of whatever they're getting their news from. But that is the culture cultivated and grown so they, the new aristocracy, can maintain their grip on power. They are winning this culture war, I would like to pause for a message from a supporter of this podcast. For all my listeners that live in the Hampton Roads area, Virginia, I want to give a huge shout out to one of my all-time favorite car mechanics and longtime good friend, Glenn Moser. He is a supporter of this podcast and the owner-operator of Professional Auto located at 5900 Thurston Avenue, Suite Alpha in Virginia Beach. Phone number is 757-962-0102. Not only is Glenn an extremely talented mechanic, but he is also a great American and a staunch supporter of our constitutional rights. My family and I relied on Glenn and professional auto for all of our vehicle needs when we lived in the Hampton Roads, Virginia area. Quality work at a fair price and service with a smile are what you will receive when you take your vehicle to professional auto. I encourage all my listeners there in the Hampton Roads area to look them up if your car needs work. Again, that is Professional Auto, 5900 Thurston Avenue, Suite Alpha in Virginia Beach, Virginia. And the phone number is 757-962-0102. Now back to creating that culture of fear and how it allows the new aristocracy to maintain control. The COVID pandemic is a great example of this. That became all too evident to me during my trip to the People's Republic of New York last week. In between visiting family and friends, my brother and I would drive around central New York and visit places we had not seen in years, or ever in my case, since I only lived there less than five years before I left to join the Navy. On one trip, we took a quick drive out to Colgate University in Hamilton, New York. What do you think we saw? Well, let me set the stage, though. It was a warm, sunny, beautiful spring day. Not typical for central New York, where it is usually cold and cloudy this time of year. And there were hundreds of young people outside, enjoying this oddity of a day. They were in small groups or individuals, with a lot of them out just walking or jogging alone or reading books while lounging on the grass. Warm weather, clear skies, no winds. And hundreds of 18- to 22-year-old people out and about. All of them, without exception, wearing a mask. Yep, even the ones that were out walking alone or jogging, wearing a mask. With hundreds of yards of social distancing between them. This is the age group that is least likely to suffer severe adverse effects from COVID. Outside. Alone. Alone. Walking around in fear. Fear that they might get COVID. Or fear that they might kill grandma, even though grandma was most likely hundreds of miles away from them while they were away at at college. Or fear that the woke crowd will point at them and scream at them like Donald Sutherland did in the closing scene of the 1978 movie Invasion of the Body Snatchers. If you haven't seen that scene, just go ahead and Google it. Watch it. Donald Sutherland played the ultimate Karen. In 1978, this is how some of your neighbors, my neighbors, members of our community, treat their fellow citizens when they're not wearing a mask. And it's all because of a culture of fear. Pointing out the maskless, those heretics not following the government's orders, even though they pose no risk to anybody where they were at. Because fear equals control. Fear instilled by the government equals government control. And let's not forget the fact that the governor of New York, along with his media-enabler sibling and his buddies, don't always wear masks in public. Remember, it's rules for thee and not for me. Or how the serial sexual harasser of women and the person responsible for the deaths of hundreds, if not thousands, of grandmas in nursing homes is not held accountable for his actions, even after evidence has come to light that he was hiding those actions. Nope, he is celebrated as a hero and an example for other governors across the nation to emulate. Even now, after, what is it, 8, 9, 23, 82 victims of sexual harassment have come forward, and some of them with photographic evidence? Nope, this man is awarded an Emmy for his leadership during the pandemic. It is disgusting how far they will all go to protect each other and hold on to their power. There is a political party in our republic that thrives on creating a culture of fear. Remember, for leadership to effect lasting change, they must change the culture. From a culture of liberty to a culture of fear. And they have been quite successful in changing the culture. In a nation founded upon Christian values and a love of freedom, this political party and their media enablers have created an anti-Christian ideology and a dependency upon government for the solution to nearly every problem, sacrificing our freedoms along the way. My pastor captures it perfectly when he says that being a Christian in the United States today is being counter-cultural. Although I do not like to do it, I suffer through this activity, and we going to encourage everybody else to do the same. Watch the occasional national news reports. Not every day, because that would be too depressing. But when some big news event happens, watch how the immediate enablers rush to tell us a story. Then, in their rush to not investigate, their narrative collapses. Watch how quickly they will pivot away from that story how quickly it disappears from the headlines. Or watch your favorite primetime shows and see how the writers there are pushing an agenda through their scripts. You know, the Colorado shooter is an example of this. Don't hear much about him now. Or the recent attacks on people of Asian ethnicity in New York City. Because they know who the attackers are. Don't hear much about that now. But it's white supremacists all over the country that are promoting this hashtag stop Asian hate. Or how about the Nation of Islam follower that attacked the Capitol Police and ended up killing one of them? Gleefully rushing to put out a story that attempts to link those events as somehow being related to white supremacy quickly fades as the attacker's identity and or their faith are revealed. Nothing to see here, they'll report. Move on to the next story. Move on to the next potential white supremacy story. They have to promote this idea that we hate each other in this country, that we want to keep each other down. They have to keep the masses at each other's throats, believing that we hate each other. Because if we didn't, we would have time to focus on what they're doing to us. I'm glad that not every person of color that has celebrity status buys into their narratives and truly sees what's going on. Charles Barkley just the other day stated what should be plainly obvious to everybody. And I'll be quoting him here. He said, Man, I think most white people and black people are great people. He goes on to say, I really believe that in my heart. But I think our system is set up where our politicians, whether they're Republicans or Democrats, are designed to make us not like each other so they can keep their grasp of money and power. They divide and conquer. And I truly believe in my heart most white people and black people are awesome people. But we're so stupid following our politicians. Whether they're Republican or Democrats, and their only job is, hey, let's make these people not like each other. We don't live in their neighborhoods. We all got money. Let's make the whites and blacks not like each other. Let's make rich people and poor people not like each other. Let's scramble the middle class. I truly believe that in my heart, he said. Every citizen in this country, if they truly looked at the actions of the new aristocracy and their media enablers, can see the absolute truth of charles barkley's words changing the culture through fear enables them to stay in power they cultivate the fear of one another the hatred of one another they cultivate the fear of the unknown where government and the media benefactors are the only people that can save us save us from viruses save us from debt from job losses save us from ourselves But my faith tells me there is only one way to truly be saved. And life will always be full of trouble. Our Lord and Savior stated as much. We only add to that trouble when we surrender our liberty to a government that has created a culture of fear to live in. As I wrote in my blog, I encourage each of us to have a questioning attitude whenever it comes to government action or inaction. A questioning attitude has always served me well both in the Navy and in running my own company. Finding the why behind bad processes or policies or an individual's performance helps you to develop solutions to those items. We all need to find the why that is motivating the legislation or policy. Not the publicly stated why, the actual why. For the most part, whatever government is doing will likely result in surrendering our liberty in some fashion. We, the citizen sovereigns of the United States of America, need to hold the new aristocracy accountable for their actions. We cannot continue electing the same people to office every two, four, or six years. We need to show them and they need to be made to understand that they will be forced to live under the same conditions they created for us, we the people. That is why most of, if not all, the new aristocracy try to stay in an elected office for their entire lives, contrary to the design of the Founding Fathers. Because they cannot imagine having to live by the same rules or under the same living conditions that they have created to control we, the people at large. Lately, there are small changes happening all over the country, where there are signs that we are overcoming the fear foisted on us by our government due to the pandemic but it's only due to the pandemic. For the first time in more than a year, the service at my church this past Easter Sunday was packed to overflowing. It literally brought tears to my eyes to see so many people break away from their fear of living to celebrate the resurrection of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And I pray that it's not just the C&E Christians coming out, you know, the Christmas and Easter ones, but a citizenry overcoming their fear to celebrate our living hope to come and worship and lay down their troubles mainly from the past year at the foot of the cross and no longer be burdened by them to celebrate and worship with their fellow christians in faith hope and love i pray that this is the start of something bigger the new aristocracy and their media enablers will work to prevent that from happening though and if you follow the trends you can see it happening already news reports monday on a new wave of the coronavirus that originated in the Wuhan province of China, a deadlier variant, resistant to the experimental vaccine they're encouraging us to get. Why? Why are they pushing this story? Always ask yourselves the why. Well, like I said, Easter weekend just passed and people were choosing their faith in our living hope over their fear of living. People all over the country were beginning to enjoy their freedoms again. The new aristocracy cannot have that. Freedom, liberty, is hostile to the new aristocracy. Compliance is what they desire. Creating and cultivating an apathetic culture is how they achieve it. And an apathetic electorate isn't one that just doesn't vote. Some vote, but they demonstrate zero intellectual curiosity about the candidates running for office the people that will become the new aristocracy and have control over their liberty. They don't ask their elected representatives or those campaigning why about anything they do. Most Americans today will do more research into the latest smartphone or the latest app or the latest smart TV than they will ever do about a candidate running for office or a piece of legislation that will pass slowly taking away their liberty. This is exactly the culture the new aristocracy wants here. It allows them to obtain and maintain power. And, you know, I bash those people on the left and their political philosophies, but it isn't just limited to one political party. That's all we have time for today. I thank you once again for joining me. As always, I ask that if you enjoy this podcast or the website, and the blog, please share it with your family, friends, coworkers, neighbors. Reach out. Get the message out. Let's do away with this apathy. Cast off this culture of fear and rejoin or reinvigorate a culture of liberty and freedom in our constitutional republic. I do enjoy the message that each of you send that provide feedback on this podcast as well. I'm always searching for ways to stay green so that I'm always growing. I would like to leave you with this for the rest of the week from God's Word. James 1 verse 12 Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because, having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love Him. We are living through the biggest trial our constitutional republic has ever faced. And this is not hyperbole either. While we have survived and triumphed in many armed conflicts in our history, never has the enemy of our form of self-governance and liberty been so firmly entrenched within our own borders. Firmly entrenched within our own government. The foreign enemy is a much smaller threat than the domestic enemies we have in the new aristocracy and their enablers. We must persevere to ensure our country survives. Reveille, it's time to wake up.